I want to preach this morning from uh, the book of Philippians, the first chapter, and I'm going to take, take one verse, verse number six. Verse number six. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. How many here this morning believe that he is working in your behalf? How many recognize and know that he's still working on us? He's working on us. He's, he's taking the rough edges and he's smoothing them down a little bit. And, and he is doing his work in us to perfect us, to present us unto his heavenly Father. I'm glad I'm not finished yet. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress as well. All the finished folks are in heaven. But he's still working on us today. Amen. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just overflowing today with the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the faithfulness of God. The songs are perfect today. How that uh, we serve a great and mighty God. He's a good God every day of the year. In fact, he is even working today in our midst. I don't know all of your situation. I don't know all of your stories. I don't know all of what you faced this last week or what you're getting ready to face. But I can assure you this, that according to the word of the Lord, he that has begun a good work in you is going to keep working until it's fulfilled. Praise God. Would you bow your hearts and let's pray. Lord, thank you that you see us as a finished product, that you are kind and patient and that you are working to complete us in your image, in your likeness. Anoint our time today, Lord, our words, our hopes, our present and our future, for we ask it in your lovely and precious name. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, someone once said to me that they can sum up a life of a Christian is simply an ongoing series of supernatural miracles. I thought about that and I wrote it down today because I have pondered this, and I am in 100% agreement on this. From the very moment that God saved you, it was a miraculous miracle that you weren't snuffed out of this life away from God. How many could say, Pastor, I had some close calls? But praise God, amen, He began to work on us. In fact, He works on us even in the womb. Jeremiah said He knows us even in our mother's womb. That's a powerful scripture in Jeremiah. God understands and He knows you. And from the first moment of conception until the first breath that is taken, God is actively working in your behalf. I'm glad sometimes the Lord throws up some roadblocks. I'm glad sometimes that we want this or we want that, and we don't even really realize that we really might want it, but we don't need it. We might want it, but it's going to be bad for us. But the Lord puts up those roadblocks, and He diverts us, and He's working in our behalf. And then that moment that you knelt in His presence and you said, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. Come into my life. Amen. All of heaven took just a few moments to rejoice according to the Word of God that all of heaven rejoices over just one that comes to know Him. And heaven rejoiced and said, now it's time to roll up our sleeves. Amen. And start working. And I will guarantee you that some of us was a little more difficult than others. The Lord didn't just dispatch one angel. Amen. For me, He dispatched uh, probably four or five. I know he dispatched seven or eight for you. 
And so in this miraculous uh, walk that we have, we need to understand, we need to pause and step back and say, you know what, Lord, I am a miracle. I'm a miracle of your grace. I'm a miracle that you didn't give up on me, even in times that I might have given up on you. you. We are miracles, and we are a miracle in the making, praise God. And I am so happy today that he's working on us, and he's doing a good job. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. He's doing a good job on you. <clears throat> and some of you are just getting started in this journey, in this walk. And you can even step back a little bit and you can reflect and say, okay, where was I at yesterday? Where was I at last month? Where was I at last year? And where am I at today? You, you didn't do that on your own. God is working in your behalf. I believe that every opportunity that comes our way, it is a God-given opportunity, amen, not only to just share what God has done in your life and in, in the life of your family or the life of this church, whatever it might be, God gives you opportunity to shine even as the brightness of the stars. For if you win many to the Lord, you will shine as the stars forever and ever, according to Daniel chapter 12. We're in the hands of the Master, and you cannot be in a safer place than in the hands of the Master. You know, I can look at somebody that's doing something as a, as a craftsman, and I can tell within the first 10 minutes whether they know what they're doing or not. I might not be able to do what they're doing, but I can tell what they're doing. Listen, when you begin to walk with the Lord, as you begin to surrender your life to Him, as Sister Tammy said, I'm going to do right. Amen. That's a good way to start. Amen. That's a good place to be. Amen. When you begin to realize that you are in this starting blocks and you're moving forward, everybody ought to know Something has changed in your life. My dad used to say, you ought, to be, you ought to look like a Greyhound bus going down the road. You cannot deny, amen. There goes a Christian, amen. Whatever that definition is, you know what? And sometimes Christian definition cannot be that well. You're acting terrible on Saturday and then come to church on Sunday. That's not a good testimony. Well, I'm going to leave that alone because this is a very uplifting message today. I'm just going to leave all that negativity behind, amen. Oh, thank God. And we are miracles. How many would say, Pastor, I know I'm a miracle. I know, I know that I know that I know. And I know that God is not finished with me yet. Now, we in the Assemblies of God, we, we call our walk, and the girls, they're out ministering today, and we're just so happy that they were out, able to get out and, and share the gospel, amen, give their testimonies, amen, and it will strengthen and encourage them. But the girls always like me to preach on progressive sanctification because they say to me, Pastor, that's exactly where we're at today. We're on the road to recovery. We're on the road to victory. But it's a progressive work. We don't get it all of a sudden. We don't get it, you know, just instantly. You get saved instantly, but you have to go from being saved to have Him being the Lord of your life. And it's a work in progress. That's the reason why we have altars in the church. That's the reason why when we designed this new platform, uh, amen, we designed it to where that we could get a lot of people down here, amen, around these altars, praise God, uh, amen. And the reason why is, is because we're on this journey, uh, and this journey is rough, uh, and the journey is not always pie in the sky uh, in the hereafter. Sometimes you've got to live it right now, and you get a little dirty sometimes. The key is to not get the dirt on the inside. And that's a difficult thing to do. Could I get an amen on that? And so Paul reminds us that God is God who starts the work in us. And then he doesn't just say, okay, there you go. You're on your own. Go out there and do the best you can. He sends his Holy Spirit 
to walk with us, to carry us, to comfort us, to convict us, to do whatever is necessary so that He can present us blameless in that moment that we go into the realm of heaven and stand before or kneel before the throne of grace. And so I looked at this. Being confident is profound, personal, and powerful. When you have confidence in something, you can put your whole weight on it. That's the definition of spiritual confidence, that you can put your whole weight upon it. You can surrender your entire weight upon whatever it is. And you can put your entire weight into the arms of Jesus. Uh, you can put everything. You don't have to reserve anything. I'll tell you, you know, there's, you know, I put some light bulbs. I changed some light bulbs up here this morning. I walked in. I said, what's well, awfully dark? We're getting ready to have a water baptism. And so two miracles took place. Number one, I was willing to do it. Number two, we had the light bulbs. And I had to stand on the ledge. If you look at those little ledges up there, you know. And, and, uh, but I know the work that went into building this, amen. And I knew it would hold me, amen. I just had to hang on to the, to the handrail so I didn't lose my balance. And I reached over. And wouldn't you know that one light went in well and the other one just fought me. But we won. But it was a little bit intimidating to step out on that ledge because I hadn't stepped out there in a long time. You know, and it's like, I don't know, will this thing hold uh, this 200-pound man? You know, I, all right, Lord, forgive me, 204. <laughs> <laughs> and I gently put my foot out on it, you know, and I still had to hold over here, you know, and I was reaching over like this, you know. But when you have full confidence, amen, you just do like this. Here's, here's the definition of full confidence. Have you ever seen those guys out there on the, on the lake uh, ice fishing? Well, when I'd go out there, at ice, if I would go out there to ice fish, you know, I'd just barely step on it, you know, and then and I'd back off, and then I'd make a little bit more, you know, and I'd step on it a little bit, you know, to make sure that it wouldn't give way. But true confidence is you just show up in a four-by-four truck pulling a, a, a fishing shack behind you, and you just don't even you just drive out there on it. I know it's kind of a crude illustration, but it gets the point across. That's full confidence or full stupidity. I don't know. But the guy's been out there before, so he knows it'll hold him, amen. He knows it. And, and you know what? If you step out of your comfort zone sometimes, I will tell you that God will not let you stumble and fall. You might stumble and fall on your own, but God is there to catch you and to pick you up and to say, brush yourself off, my child, and get back in the race, amen. Get back in the journey. This confidence is profound. Paul uses this strong word to describe the hope that is in Jesus. The word confidence means to persuade, to convince beyond all doubt. Oh, that's what I need today. That's what you need today is to know that beyond all shadow of doubt, I am a child of Almighty God and He's going to walk with me. He's going to protect me. He's going to go with me. And oh yeah, He's going to correct me too. What Paul is saying is in this verse is that he is persuaded beyond all doubt that he is in the arms of Almighty God. And I will tell you, whenever God has his arms wrapped around you, amen, he can stay up with you when you're running. In fact, he's there before you get there. And he'll be there when you leave. And then when you get back to where you're going, he's there waiting on you. He never has left you. He's right there. How many of you ever felt the presence of the Lord walking with you, undergirding you, amen, and helping you. 
Paul is not alone in this belief. The Bible literally overflows with verses that tell us that we can know for sure that we are saved and know that uh, we have something wonderful to look forward to. Listen, I look forward to the sun coming up in the morning. I get out my priority list. And on my priority list is spend some time alone and drink one and a half cups of coffee. Get with it, boy. Got a lot to do. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, amen? To know that you're saved, to know that, that, uh, that God is he's working, amen? And, and that's a great God to, to work with us, amen, and gently lead us. You know, there's such a thing called vertigo. I heard Brother Arnold preach a message on spiritual vertigo. And in that message he preached... And if you didn't have the privilege of knowing brother and sister Arnold, they were incredible people. Could I get an amen to that? And he preached that message because his boy is in the uh, airlines industry and he's a pilot and, and he teaches it and he works at it. And he said that when you're a pilot and you're flying along, if you're in rough weather or if you're in uh, the clouds and, and, and you don't know, he said there comes a point where you don't know if you're flying level or not. It's called vertigo. You might be flying upside down and not even know it. I, I thought, man, that's not possible. And I talked to a couple pilots and they said, it is possible. Because you could be flying and not even know that you're half like this. You're flying. So what you have to do is you have to rely upon your instruments. You have to have confidence in the instruments. You have to see the instruments to say, it is showing the plane is flying level. It is showing how high we are. And he said, that's what happens whenever you're walking with the Lord. Sometimes you do not see because you're in a fog, because you're in the storm, amen. But if you just rely upon the Word of God, amen, to keep you level, amen, you will arrive alive. Our confidence is in the person of Christ. Paul used the word you. This assurance that he speaks to us very personal in nature. In other words, in other words, God, he doesn't just put us in a group of folks. He knows us by name. He knows us by attributes. He knows us by uh, every little characteristic that we have. Very personal. You know, somebody can tell you that you've been saved or you're saved, and that's wonderful. But until you know that you know that you know that you're saved, I wouldn't put much confidence in that. Don't let a pastor tell you you're saved when you know deep in your heart you're not. There comes a point where it's personal. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. How many can remember that moment that it was just you and the Holy Spirit, amen? You were alone with the Holy Spirit, amen? And you know what? You cannot lie to the Holy Spirit. You cannot pull the wool over the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows everything about us. I heard the prayer like this, Lord, I'm tired of driving this thing. You take it over for a while. I'll just get in the back seat and ride. That's a good thing to do, amen? Good thing to do. And then our confidence is powerful. There's nothing more liberating and freeing of our spirit to know that we can lay our heads down at night and go to sleep, you know, and and not have condemnation. We can get that under the blood. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is yours. I love the song, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling 
He stands at our heart's door and He knocks ever so gently. He will not take a battering ram. In fact, if you see the picture of Jesus the shepherd knocking at the door, that is a beautiful portrait. If you'll notice something very important, there's no door handle on that door. There's no way for Him to open that door. You have to open it from the inside. The handle's on the inside. And if He knocks at the door and you open your heart's door, He will come in and sup with you. Give us everything that we have need of. Oh, how he wants to begin a good work in you. And how he wants to complete it to the day of salvation. You say, Pastor, this is pretty close to eternal salvation. Well, you know, progressive sanctification is this. That from the start to the finish, we're a work in progress. Okay? And I do believe that once the Lord saves us, we are saved, but we can walk away from God too, and we don't want to do that. We want to keep on the firing line, amen. The old farmer, the preacher said to uh, the old farmer preacher, he was applying for his credentials, and, and uh, i got news for you, you don't have to have credentials to be a preacher. That may be a shock to some of you. <laughs> he was a farmer preacher, and he went before the board of elders to receive his certification to preach. And he was asked how he had come to become a Christian, how he had come to, to be a, a, a Christian. And he said, I did my part and God did his. Well, that didn't set well with the committee. What part is ours? They didn't understand that. They, they didn't really like that. They didn't like the fact that he had anything you know, to do. And so they said, you need to explain that a little bit, you know, because salvation is by faith. And you need to explain that a little bit. And he said, well, here's the way it is. He said, I ran as fast as I could away from God. But God caught up to me and brought me in. I ran as fast as I could away from Some of you are running as fast as you can, amen. But get ready, amen. God's going to get you, amen. Turn to somebody and said, now I know he's talking about me. Oh, caught you off guard there, didn't I? Listen, you could be saved 50 years and God's still going to get you. You may have one of those aha moments at any time. You may have been saved for a long, long time. And all of a sudden you go, aha, Lord. Look what you've done for me. Look what you've done for my family. Amen. Oh, look, look how you're ministering. Look what you're doing. Amen. And those aha moments are incredible. It brings us back to a reality. It brings us back to an ah. It brings us back to that place to say, you know what, God? You've never changed. You've never changed. We pulled in behind a young married couple, and they were, they were so close together that uh, we said, you know what, that car must be really difficult to drive. It's taken two of them. <laughs> Give them 50 years. Sometimes we get a, like this, and we need to come back to this with the Lord. Come on, church. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm not as close to the Lord as I need to be. None of us are. I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even to a place to where that I'm really comfortable, amen, because I know that there's so much more. I know what God is able to do. And oh, how I long to have the Holy Spirit come into this house of worship, amen, and touch your pastor and touch you as well. Cleanse us from deep within with those spiritual artesian wells. Fill us afresh and anew, Lord. 
Not only with passion and confidence, Lord, but an unction and a power to realize that you will open our eyes to have spiritual understanding that, yes, we are moving into the last days. I believe it with all my heart. Get ready, church. Jesus is coming again. I've heard it preached from my grandfather's generation, my father's generation. You have heard it preached from this generation. But I will tell you, we are far closer to the coming of the Lord than when my grandfather was. I'm telling you, the signs are moving in our direction. I, I read, I don't know how true it is, but I read an article the other day that in 2025, China will do away with all of their money and convert it all to a petrol style. And there's nine countries right now that have signed up for it. When the American dollar begins to, to have no value, look up. Look up. No, don't let me scare you today because we're saved. We're ready to go. Amen. Maybe I need to preach a series on the end times. Well, I'm going to give you a cryptic letters. P-B-P-G-I-F-W-M-Y. Shall I run that by you again? P-B-P-G-I-F-W-M-Y. This is not a Samson test. I'll just give you the answer. Be, please be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. Please be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. Please be patient with us. God is not through with Northside Assembly of God. Please be patient with us. Amen. Oh, amen. God is not finished with the church at Northside Assembly. I love that kid's song that we used to sing when I went on the evangelistic road with Sister Susan when she did children's ministries. I would go and I would be the blunt of her Homer or things, you know, or puppets and their ventriloquism and everything. And uh, I, would, I would get behind the puppet stage. We were a two-person show. And I'd get behind the puppet stage and I'd work those puppets for her. And one of the songs that we liked was the laughing song. And he, he's still working on me. How many know that song, He's Still Working on Me? Well, you must have went to Kids Crusades. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. He's still working on me. He, there really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan, fashioned by the Master's loving hand. He's still working on me. Well, I've met some folks who think that they're the finished product. And God needs to get some of that 80 grit out and start sanding on them a little bit. How many know what I'm talking about, amen? God can take the... You see, here's the, here's the deal. You know, God, I heard it put this way, that, that God takes sometimes and He puts the, uh, the consciousness of... Uh, he puts the consciousness like in a square box. Hey, Sister Tammy, your family's leaving. You might want to run out there and tell them bye. No? Okay. Guys, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, anyway, in this square box, our conscience is like the four corners of the box. 
And what happens a lot of times is, is, that, is that, that life begins to take its toll on us and it begins to rub those sharp edges off just a little bit. And pretty soon, those convicting uh, messages that you get or the feeling that you get from the conviction, it, as it rubs those, uh, those little prickly points off, the, and it becomes really smooth and it's just easy to not be condemned. God puts spikes out there. You know, help us on every situation of our life, amen. Help us to, to be able to sense that you're working on us and that you're ministering to us. I hope somebody's getting something out of the message this morning. He's working on us. He gives us free, but he gives us free will and choice. This is one of the main differences in a lot of the ideologies and the doctrines that are out there. And that is that God gives to each and every one of us a mind of free will and choice. He will not force anything upon us. In fact, I heard it said one time that the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. will not force us to do anything that we're not willing to do. But He will go all out to get us to come to that saving knowledge. But ultimately, we must make the decision. For when Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief that was on one side. And there was a thief that was on the other side. And the one thief, he was mocking. He was carrying on. He was saying, if you truly are God, then bring yourself down off this and bring me with you. On the other hand, the other one was making a choice to simply say, this man, we deserve what we're going to get. But this man does not deserve anything. And then he said, Jesus, just remember me when you come into your kingdom. And One was taken and one was left in that analogy. There was a free will of choice. I know that Jesus wanted to take them both with Him to paradise. But He allowed the one to make His own choice. And He made a bad choice. He made the wrong choice. Whereas on the other hand, the young man made the right choice. A good choice. And it paid off for him throughout eternity. Somebody getting this this morning? Say amen. What are you saying, Pastor? To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and without joy. And I thought about this this week because this is so borderline on eternal security and progressive sanctification. Okay? And I thought about this. And I said, Lord, I need to understand what this scripture means. To Him who is able to keep us from falling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy. And that little word, able, jumped out at me. Our God is able to do anything. Our God is able to do the impossible. Just look at yourself in the mirror, amen. God saved you. That's an imp- almost an impossibility. All right, let me rephrase it. I'll look in the mirror and it's like almost impossibility for the Lord to save me. But He did it. He's able to do it. He's able to keep us. He's able to walk with us. He's able to bless you. He's able to do everything that heaven can do and will do. But we are still in that free will and choice. He's able to do it. We're still free-willed individuals. Now, I will tell you this. that <clears throat> There's not a one of us, <clears throat> well, with the exception of maybe just a couple. We all have our issues. 
Now turn to somebody and say, now I know he's talking about you. <laughs> Listen, we all have our issues. <clears throat> some of them are major, some of them are minor. But we all have our issues. We all have spots, and blemishes, sin stains. Whoever hurts and our shortcomings and our failures. And I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to depress you. So how will Christ present us with all of our baggage? How will He present us whenever we're so full of humanity? Now, listen, it takes a real strong Christian, excuse me, to not lose your cool when somebody cuts you off in the road. All right, let me make it a little bit stronger. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to move on. It says if somebody slaps you on the face, turn your cheek, let them slap you on the other cheek. It doesn't say what to do after that. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. How can He present us faultless? How can He present us perfect? How can He present us, amen, to where that there's no blemish as if we were the sacrifice in the Old Testament whenever they would go out and take that lamb that was, God said, don't bring me one that's crippled. Don't bring me one that's about to die. You pick out the very best of your herd and you present that, amen, unto me. How can He do that? And it's so simple. He doesn't present us as what we were. He presents us being covered by His blood. He doesn't look at us in our past. He just wants to make sure that you're covered by the blood sacrifice. Well, Pastor, how do I do that? How do I do that? You just simply ask the Lord to forgive you of your shortcomings. Now, in the generation that we live today, they don't like to call sin, sin, but I'm going to call sin, sin. Just ask God to forgive you of your sins. That's why we prayed like a sinner's prayer this morning. We all needed it. Let me draw some very critical and important biblical facts. If a man reject Christ, he will not make heaven, period. I don't know, you might be able to make it into heaven with some bad habits or some things like that. I don't know. I, I, I'm not for sure just exactly. But I will tell you this, that you will not make heaven if you blatantly reject the Holy Spirit to bring you to salvation. How many agree with that? Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 says in verses 14 and 15, follow peace with all men. Well, that's a good start. Follow peace with all men. Don't rear up and try to cause a problem. Shake the dust off your sandals and move on. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. In other words, the Holy Spirit is walking with us, but we've got to do our part as well. I remember the story of the nurse that was just so abused by a doctor and I, uh, I, I'll never forget the story how that, you know, she went to prayer and she said, Lord, I can't take much more of this. I'm either going to have to 
to move and go to another hospital or you're going to have to do something. And the Holy Spirit was just so kind to her and said, a soft answer turns away wrath. And she said, I'm going to do that, Lord. I'm going to just invoke a soft answer. And she said in her, in her, in her testimony how that whenever he would become very uh, uh, aggressive and, and very condemning and very uh, personal attack as if it were, she would just answer with a soft answer. And she said over time she won him and he became a good friend of hers. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligent, at least any man fell of the grace of God. At least any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Revelation 22, verses 12 and following says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with them to give every man according to his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into that city. For without are all those folks that have rejected Christ. And I don't want to go through that list because it's a depressing list. I just don't want any of us to be on that list. I want to be on the good list. And I'm not talking about Santa Claus going to check the list, you know, make sure you've been, you know. Jesus will. Amen, Sister Randy. Praise God. Amen. So let's wrap this up this morning. Your salvation is a personal experience that only you can have. Upon your salvation, you and I begin this personal relationship. It is yours. It is yours. And when you have those foundational experiences, it is your foundational experience. Believers grow in maturity in God's grace as they should. Amen. How sad it is for somebody to have been saved for 40, 50 years and they're still on the baby food. Get into the meat of God's Word. Well, that went over real well, didn't it, Pastor? <laughs> Number two, the provision has been made for your salvation for everyone. It's for all. Everybody is eligible. There's no other requirement except just to accept the precious work of Calvary in our lives. The great theme is God so loved the world. The universal redemption plan is a God plan and it was a very costly plan. Oh, whenever He sent His Son, His only begotten Son, that He would die for good old Pastor Alvin. You might look at me as good old pastor right now, but there was a day that I wasn't a good old boy. Now don't let that shake your faith. Because I'm just like you. I need to get saved, amen. And I'll never forget the night I got saved. I got saved. Amen. Anybody here can say, Pastor, when I got saved, I got saved, amen. Our salvation is received and assured by faith in Christ Jesus. No matter how many works you do and no matter how good your works are, it falls short of salvation. Sometimes that's hard to do. Because in the church, when we find somebody that loves the Lord, amen, and is willing to roll their sleeves up, we work them to death. Shouldn't be that way, but that's what we do. That's just what we do. Isn't that right, Brother Ed? We just, we just we find somebody that's good, you know, and they're, they're doing ministry, and we just love it, you know, amen. Well, 
There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't do, get to heaven on good works. Good works are good works. Believing in one's heart, expressing with one's mouth, living out our life that is pleasing unto the Lord, that is how we are assured of salvation. Be careful, number three, not to forfeit, abandon, reject so great a salvation. For you see, in Christian faith, we live our life to be in a joyous place, in a victorious place, in a spiritual transformation, informed by the Word of God and energized by the Holy Spirit, walking in truth, obedience, and live with the expectancy that Christ is coming back for me. Put yourself in there. That Christ is coming back for me and for you. And then allow Christ to begin His good work in us. And help, let Him help us. Let Him help us to finish the race pleasing to the Lord and strong in Him. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. As Chris, as you and your lovely lady would come, here's how we're going to do this, wrapping up this message today. If you've had questions in your heart about whether the faith that you have is the genuine, real deal. That, because there's a lot of different ideologies out there. Am I the only one that's ever thought, Lord, we'll never know till we get to heaven? I just want to make sure that we're on the right track. You know, one of the things that's so assuring to me is that our 16 fundamental truths back in 1912, 1914, whenever the Congress met and they began to put it together, we have not had to change those 16 fundamental truths from that moment until today. Because it was God-breathed. But if you've had some kind of battle with doubt, am I really saved? This is for you today. Because I'm going to join with you today. And I'm going to say, Lord, I want to know that I know that I know that everything's right. You say, well, Pastor, if, if you're going to pray that prayer with, with me, then I can pray that prayer. And here's the prayer, just simply. Lord, settle it today. Come on, settle it today, Lord. Make sure, Lord, that I'm in right standing with you. If I've had a word that has not been a good word to somebody, if I've done something that is a little questionable, if I've, if I've done something, Lord, that would not bring you honor and glory and prayer, forgive me. And Lord, reassure me today. Give me the confidence. The confidence. Confidence. To know that I know that I know that I'm a child of the Most High God. If you've prayed that prayer, stand with us this morning. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, ladies.